art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Berlingame, for an episode of the new release wall, which means that with me is Zach Roberts. Hello! And, uh, yeah, we just got out of X-Men Dark Phoenix, right? I think it's actually just called Dark Phoenix. Um, it's, yeah, I think so. It seems to be interchangeably referred to. Before we even get into the movie, was it just me or is the ad, the ads for this were incredibly odd? Like, oh, yeah. I saw every version, I saw like four different versions of the ad, of ads for it on the same channel. So it wasn't yeah. even like, okay, well, we're going to go for the side. Like I saw one that looked like a really bad, like pre-set up thing where yeah, it was like yeah. the purple, like it was the weird, um, stuff that, you know, hits yeah. Gene and like, it had like bad, like images like cut in. So it looked like a bad, like old, stock thing that somebody would have bought off of DVD yeah, Studio maybe, Pro. Maybe, like, maybe at some something. point, like, they were inverting it so that, like, that weird Cerebro effect I mean, it, what it was is, like, look at the, you know, it's the history, yeah. it's the end. They had different ads, but it was, like, completely different ad experiences, um, which is not something you really see anymore. Yeah. Like, it's... usually it's like, no, there's the big ad, but it was, like, I saw in, in one, like, three-hour block of just, like, having the TV on, mm-hmm. like, in the background four different ads for it yeah. I swear and at least at least two or three like it could have just caught by that guy. but it was just it was one of those weird like did they not know like what they're doing <laughs> like with yeah. the advertising on this because I feel like it should have been a bigger thing that this is the end guys like this it, is another end game <laughs> yeah and it's, it's funny because I feel like they decided on that extremely late in the game yeah. And I, I guess part of that might be that Disney hadn't, like, nobody was officially saying there's yeah. definitively no more after this until, like, the press tour for Endgame when Feige basically confirmed it. Yeah. But, I mean, we all knew. Like, nobody's... Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel like the ad campaign was all over the place, and it didn't do the movie any, any favors. Yeah. And it would have been really easy to just promote it as, this is the movie 20 years in the making. Yeah. You know, done. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that said, uh, man, this is a weird movie. Yeah. Uh, and and Zach and I, we're gonna be a little scripted because uh, because oh. we we actually uh, usually we walk out of the theater and start recording. This time we ran a couple of quick errands and ended up shooting shit about the movie a little. Yeah. But uh, this is a movie where like there are bits of it that I actually I thought were really good. Yeah. A lot of the character work I think is really effective. Yeah. Um, and then like the parts of it that I didn't like, I despised um i i like there are parts there is there's one scene in this film that is probably the i would say the best scene in all of the x-men films um and like it was the one moment where it really felt like like the end of I'm trying. Sorry, I'm mentally scanning. Like, I guess whatever. There, you, you're gonna know that there's gonna be a scene like this. Mm-hmm. It's it's the thing that when people realize, wait, nobody's ever actually said Avengers Assemble until yeah, that yeah. that scene and how you felt in that. Yeah. I mean, like, I've never really had other than Wolverine. You know, like yeah. I've never really cared too too much about the X Men. Like, it's been oh great, cool. Um, like. 
but there's one scene in this thing when it's a big fight and everything like that and there's just like everyone's working together and that sort of thing and you're like why isn't this the film yeah. like and it's a long scene so it's like it's it's like it's so close to making it almost worth it but yeah. then there's but then there was 40 minutes of the film i assume more maybe that was just like dragging along like yeah there was a big chunk of this movie where just nothing of value happened um yeah. and then the other thing is like uh, without getting too deep into spoilers yeah. like i praise the character work i do still think that for the most part like they took advantage of the fact that you have had almost 20 years with these <laughs> with many of these characters in different ways and, yeah, yeah. yeah um this movie really failed Charles Xavier yeah in a big way and like cause like they they put in this retcon that made him kind of not not even evil but they they put in a retcon that made him an asshole yeah kind of and then douche. that was the only thing anybody talked about yeah it's like the fact that he's been doing this for canonically 30 years at this yeah. point does not factor in to everybody treating him like a pariah. Yeah. And I'm just like, it doesn't work. And similarly, like, the whole movie, like, the whole movie is built on this idea that, okay, we, we the X-Men have been around for 25 years. They've made the world a demonstrably better place. Yeah. And then, like, it's all ruined in a weekend. Yeah. Which he emphasizes. I mean, and which I think we all kind of would know what happened, you know, yeah. go scanning through this world. Um, but like, we all kind of know what happened anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, just again, it's like, you can have 30 years. I mean, the metaphor is, uh, yeah. you know, whatever, whether it's gay people, whether it's, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Muslims or whatever, mm. it depends on what era is. That's what the metaphor, you yeah. know, and it's, it's kind of, a, it feels a little, I don't know at this point old. Um, I, honestly, but, honestly, the metaphor mostly falls apart in this movie yeah. because like, since Singer, it's always been about um, gay people. And now, that doesn't feel appropriate to this movie. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that, like, prior to Trump, that, that the LGBT community was doing so much better, and now it's all falling. But that's really stretching it. Um, I feel like, as mu like this, this movie is, feels more like it's about the mentally ill. Like, it feels like it's about people with, like, PTSD who could explode at any moment yeah. and who have been stigmatized for a long time, and then we try to prove they aren't what we, what people say they are. Yeah. Like, that's what this feels like to me now. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if that's what they were going for. I honestly think that they just weren't thinking that hard about what the metaphor is anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, which is which is which is kind of fine. I yeah, mean, yeah. The problem is, is that I feel like they should have almost dropped it just because... Like they, usually that's what the metaphor is. Yeah. Like that's what the whole films are about, and this one isn't really. It's about characters, which is yeah. something that I think that that was the problem with the X Men kind of always. Is you're like, no, these guys are stand-ins for other things. Yeah. And which is great, which is, but, like if you don't develop the characters in their own light as stand as yeah. individuals as opposed to just stand-ins for, you know. Jewish people then stand-ins for somebody else and yeah. then stand-ins for whatever and whatever you know and if you don't continue on that idea or develop it beyond just the you know it's a metaphor guys yeah um then you know you don't 
build anything, which is, you know, one of the big differences between, yeah. you know, uh, which is a, the the Mar the MCU, which they were able to get away with because they're not mutants. They're just different, sort yeah. of, uh, kind of. They just kind of ignored that in general. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it, you it, know. it's one of those things that when, when the first one we saw was Iron Man, yeah. and he was like... He was a famous guy yeah, yeah. using famous money to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. but like part of my, I mean honestly part of my problem with this movie is the fact that it was so character driven mm-hmm. and so certain beats were really emotionally rich because yeah. you got to follow through on threads that have been going for either back to first class or even in some cases back to the original yeah. movies. Um, but the other side of that is anybody who wasn't super well developed. Yeah. Had basically no presence. Yeah. Like, you know, the in both Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, you had variations on that scene where um, Quicksilver does something really cool while yeah. being funny. Yeah, yeah. In this movie, he's basically never funny. Yeah. He makes one, like, dad joke at the very yeah, end, yeah. and that's about it. And, like, the the scene where they're gearing up for him to have his big cool scene the rug gets pulled out from under him pretty much literally he stumbles and gets hurt yeah and like he's basically a non-factor for the rest of the film Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things where when his entire personality is having one cool scene a movie and being funny yeah then once you take that away from him what was the point of having him in the film yeah uh which is a bummer because I actually thought that like even though he was a shallow character, yeah. that he has been fun to watch in the last couple of movies, and this yeah. time it was just like, why is he here? And useful, I mean, like, and, and useful more than just, and like, even yeah. they take it a step or two beyond, like, just, oh, he's fun. Yeah. Like, he has that one off thing. But, like, they've been like, oh, how do we do that? And also, he's been one of the few characters that kind of takes initiative. Yeah. Like, in, you know, in that. The kitchen scene, yeah. um, right? The kitchen. It was a kitchen. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. the knives and the guns and everything. Yeah. Like he did his thing without, you know, without anyone telling him. Yeah. Which is the I think one of the heart problems of a lot of this film, where everyone is. Which I guess that I guess that's that's the thing um, that no one does anything without um, Charles. Charles and. But it, 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 one of the biggest problems, like, I think maybe this film, I can't decide on whether this film would be better or worse if you had just seen, like, literally, like, before you, like, the night before, mm-hmm. you had seen a couple of the, this the previous world ones. ones. Yeah. Like, obviously not the, don't watch the whole thing, yeah. but, like, watch, like, the last two, I guess? I it's, wouldn't even watch the last two. I would, last honestly, <laughs> I would watch Days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, just to, to reacquaint you with some of the themes and some of the character beats from... It's like, I didn't remember that um, they were... Th- uh, that uh, uh, Mystique and um, Beast were a, any sort of a thing? They aren't. They, they, that's, as far that as I can remember, just that's new to this movie. within this film? Yeah. Oh, okay, because that was one thing I was like... Which, I mean, I mean, I don't... I honestly don't mind that, because since I, these movies have been jumping forward yeah. a decade at a time, it's entirely plausible But for you to be like, oh, this person I've been with for 30 years, like, I'm kind of in love with you. Yeah. But it's all subtext, yeah. and it's never stated, and yeah. so then it becomes like... I mean, the, I mean, the other problem, too, is that 
this is, you know, it's like, oh, this is 90s. And, and you know, so it's just like, I get that this, this film has so much fucking heavy lifting mm-hmm. to do to kind of, because it not only physically has been in our world yeah. so long, and also we don't know how long. Like, I mean, it's hard to remember, like, which yeah. one is which. If you're not, especially since this is not, like, the difference between... Um, Guardians 1 and Guardians yeah. 2 or Gar- you know or any of these things because there's not you know there's not world building and there's not all these other things that are happening mm-hmm. um, you know that within this universe in particular yeah. um, and also the, the, there's different physical actors playing yeah. some of the characters that the last you know like how, where's Halle Berry <laughs> like you know where's you know yeah. but yeah <laughs> uh, and I, I will say uh, Matthew Vaughn who directed First Class had said not too long ago in an interview that he pitched uh, Fox on doing a trilogy of these movies where it was go- like the, it was going to culminate with uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. So it would have taken place in the 60s and 70s almost exclusively, and the second movie would have been a lot of character development for the first-class X-Men yeah. to differentiate them a little bit from the 90s X-Men. And then when you put the two of them together, it would have been more of an event. Yeah. And I think that would have been a much smarter idea because so many of these characters are basically just their powers. Yeah. Like, there's there's characters in this movie who, having watched the entire movie, I cannot tell you... And, like, being a comic book person, and yeah. so I should be able to guess, like, I cannot tell you who some of the people who appeared in this film were. Yeah. Like, Magneto's, like, brotherhood... Like, I know he says the girl's name at one point, but I don't know who she is. Yeah. The other guy, I'm like, is it supposed to be Omega Red? Because he's got dreads, but I don't think that's the case because, like, his his hair is his power, and that's not Omega Red's power. You know, yeah. so so it's, like, one of those weird things where I'm just like, there are characters in this movie who have a lot of screen time yeah. who I cannot tell you what their name is. Yeah. They're- I also, what I, I don't remember, and this is, again, no fault of the actress, like, is the woman playing Storm the same person who played it? previously because yes they yeah. changed her look enough and she's like it just looks like she's grown up like yeah. more because she's and so it's just like one of those where it's just like if that that's a that's not a good thing yeah to me that's not a good thing like <laughs> i mean um I <laughs> I, and i i will say too like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of weird choices um in this movie that that boil down to I think changing the movie as it goes. Yeah. It feels like a movie that got rewritten in media res. Um, I will say the fact that it's, like first of all, here's the thing: like the Xavier Magneto dichotomy has always been about um, you know the the shorthand that people use, which is not entirely accurate, but it's it's Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Yeah. You know, it's somebody who wants to live in harmony versus somebody who wants a radical takeover because he's tired of being abused. Yeah. And that dichotomy doesn't really work in this movie because, like, we're constantly being told that Charles is wrong. Yeah. And, like, so that dynamic kind of falls apart, and that's the dynamic at the core of every X-Men movie. Yeah. Um... And, and that was a weird choice because they didn't... Like, they were both such minor characters in this movie. That did not need to happen. Yeah. Uh, and and so, 
that was a weird choice. The fact, like, again, like, other than the fact that they've moved forward 10 years in each yeah. one, this didn't need to be set in the 90s. No. And, like, first of all, it's set in 1992, and there's, like, a bunch of cars that are from 1995 or 8. Yeah. And it's, like, there's there's no reason for it to be the 90s. Yeah. Like, there's no, there, nothing at all in this movie that benefits jumping forward a decade. Yeah. And I feel like that was true in Apocalypse as well, that it wasn't really an 80s yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, they, and, and uh, yeah, one of the problems, I mean, obviously we'll see it with, you know, Wonder Woman and things like that, yeah. so this is like a thing I guess we're doing now. Um, like, I don't know, I lived through the 80s and I didn't enjoy it that much. Um, but I, also there's no telling that it's the 90s, which, yeah. so that, in a, in a, in a film series in which the characters as we see them have existed in multiple ages mm. because also they they don't age that much yeah. and they haven't aged them really at all in any way shape and form yeah. um you know where at least like logan they like age him even though he's kind of ageless which is always confusing um but i not only the actor but also yeah. <laughs> like past 40 years he's in 30 um but is the fact that they didn't say this is 90 like there's no because there is a chiron that says 19 no but at one no point. but That's... what i'm saying is what what i mean is um it the the scene where everything is set there are sets basically yeah. like there's a neighborhood that could literally be was it Red Bank? Oh, no, it wasn't Red Bank. It was Red Hook. Red it Hook, could be yeah. Red Hook today. Yeah. And then there's an, then there's the Xavier, you know, the mansion, which hasn't changed at all forever. Yeah. And then there's you know a random you know steel yard and or tra- train right. yard or something. And then, and then there's, there's a fancy hotel off Central Park. Yeah. And it's just like these are our like yeah. four. You know, the only thing that sets it distinctly in the '90s besides a Chiron that says it is the cars. And like I said, a lot of the cars are actually wrong. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, one of the problems is is that so many of the. Well, no, first, not it was like one of the all, problems I'm starting to think about it is when because the that takes place up Central Park. Uh-huh. First off, the red buses are like the modern version of the red buses. Yeah, and then every other car that's out there is like a car that you see anyone like yeah. maybe not here. Or yellow taxi cabs, which basically were the same fucking car for like 30 years well, yeah, well, until like 2000. Well, I mean, so, yeah. here's the thing: the yellow taxi cabs yeah. are actually look more modern, which they yeah. can get away with yeah. because those are like they're Tauruses, and yeah. so they look just like the '92 yeah. Taurus. Yeah. Um, but like in 1992, they weren't using a '92 Taurus for a cab. <laughs> um, which is yeah, this is like weird nitpicking. But yeah, yeah. If you're but, doing, but if you're doing time jump films that have to be like give you like the cues in your head um, all people who you know the, were two people who lived through that time right? so yeah. I, mean, I guess whatever but I also don't know like you know this is uh, you know it's just they're you know like the clothing styles weren't ed, you know towards that mm-hmm. like I don't want the way that they did it in which one was it where it was like this is the 80s and everyone's wearing like 80s clothes like to the fucking max um, I'm trying to remember which one that fucking was, but it's like, I don't know, like, it, that's, it was, like, it was distracting enough yeah. that, it, like, it didn't need to be. Like, basically, that was just, it's like, well, that was an unforced error, yeah. basically. And, that, that's, and that's the thing, and that's, there's a lot of unforced yeah. errors in this movie. Like, and, and, first of all, this is the worst villain I have ever seen in any superhero movie. 
Yeah. And like, that's saying something coming off Apocalypse. Like this, these, <laughs> these villains make Apocalypse look good. Yeah. Um, uh, Vuk, which is Jessica Chastain's character, who is never named in the film, as far as I can remember. Um, and like, there would be no other than her doing some interviews and saying oh, my character's Vuk. Yeah, yeah. Like, you would have no way of knowing that. Even as a comic book person, you wouldn't know it because Vuk was not the leader as far as I can remember. Yeah. He was just a person from that planet. Yeah. Um, also, it was a he. Yeah. And, like, he was just the dude with armor yeah. who wanted to kill Jean Grey because in the comics, she didn't kill Mystique, which, spoilers, I guess, but it's in every trailer. Yeah. Um, she didn't kill Mystique. She killed this planet by mistake. Yeah. And so, like, the, the Ambari, this group who are here trying to take over Earth who are shapeshifters, and so they kind of feel like the Skrulls. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's another thing, by the way. Every element of this feels so much like Captain Marvel because it's, like, the shapeshifting villains who are here hiding in plain sight for basically asylum purposes. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait. Where it is the Skrulls. Yeah. Um, and as far as I can remember in the comics, the Ambari are not shapeshifters. I could be wrong. It's been a long time. But, like, I feel like they were scrolls in one draft, and then it was like, oh, shit, Captain Marvel is doing scrolls and also doing a cosmic heroine who has this power inside of her she doesn't and know also, about. I mean, I will say, like, the color, like, co- there's, like, a lot of, like, graphical yeah. things that felt like it, like, the colors around yeah. her, which obviously I don't really understand why the colors, like, why is there blues at all in this when, like, it's the fucking phoenix? Like, yeah. she, it just shades of red as opposed yeah. to the multicolor you know like yeah. the the great colors that Captain Marvel had yeah um I mean that's actually not to jump right into it but like there's a lot of things in this film that I feel like they they just grab from the graphic house of um which is uh, something I've been noticing a lot of like mm-hmm. somebody figured out like oh here's the snap yeah and like uh, that but the like the the thing like the meme that everybody was yeah. creating and, like, I've, I feel like this is, like, the fourth fucking film since that that I've seen that has that exact fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, like, they own that. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, whether or not you think you can do it better, like, no, I'm sorry. Like, they own it. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's the exact same thing yeah. when the dematerializing or whatever the fuck happens in yeah. scenes in this film. And it's, like, the exact same graphic. Yeah. Like, and I go, how do you... As a person, it's like, okay, so DC did it, then fucking, I guess, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's a different universe, but, like, this is still, like, a Marvel film. Yeah. And you're like, okay, wait, is this just how everything happens now? Yeah. Because there's a, there's a couple different things like that where I'm just like, this is... Yeah, and I can't... It, is it to save money? Like, is yeah. that what it is? Like, you couldn't come think of your own goddamn thing? Which is, I think the X-Men kind of like for the last since the Marvel Universe started but uh. and it's funny I can't remember what right now because again we've, we we killed an hour and a half in between yeah. watching it and recording <laughs> unlike usual but yeah. there was something in this movie where I just remember sitting there and going like that's literally exactly the same thing that they did in, in Shazam yeah. like there's there's all this stuff in this movie that's just like borrowed from other things yeah um, which it's hard to tell because like this film has been you know it's like development time yeah, like yeah that. So you're like 
was it just coincidental? I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure most of it was. No, I, no, I mean, well, and, what I, and one of the, I mean, one of the problems is as well is that you. I'm sure if we go through a lot of production names and things like that, I'm sure production houses. It's the same, you know. Like, yeah. there's only so many production houses that do, do this level of films. Right. You know, exactly. it's industrial light magic. You know, and yeah. there's like 12 people, and you're like, well, you're gonna hire the awesome guy that did this, and you're like, yeah, exactly. But are you gonna give him three months to develop? You know, like, you know, gonna develop a score, and you know, that's why yeah. some things sound like the same because, like, well, no, you hire the guy that does this, but you don't give him three months to develop yeah. something. You give him three weeks and you're like well I'm gonna fucking fall back on what I know yeah. which should we talk I mean, the score was actually interesting yeah um, even if it was a one note literally like basically yeah, a one yeah. note thing um, I um, I mean because of the fact yeah. that this movie is so much about like building dread yeah that like the the, the very like monotone kind of chord based what was the song it's gonna drive me nuts but yeah yeah um, <laughs> but like it like it felt a little bit like Jaws. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, no, we're, we're going to be very understated with our, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's an appearance by Dazzler in this movie, which is the pop star X-Men, yeah. um, which I don't know who plays her. She looks actually vaguely familiar. I'm wondering if it's like Halston Sage or somebody. Yeah. But um, uh, she she is in it for 15 seconds to say that she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of there were, there were some other very specific things that I wanted to, to touch down on um, I, I thought I, I continue to think Sophie Turner is Sophie Turner and the guy who plays Cyclops whose name I cannot remember are they have no chemistry at all yeah and so when so much of this movie centers on their relationship or their dynamic at least it's just like it, it's a lot of it falls flat and part of it is that both of them stylistically are underacting. Yeah. And that could be fine, except that when you have two people who are underacting trying to play, uh, like, a passionate scene, yeah, yeah. it's like there's no passion in any of this. Yeah. And, like, the the best dynamic they have is when Jean is starting to get Phoenixy, and, like, she gets really aggressive and she starts being driven by her, like, uh, her id... And so you, you, like, she's drinking and she's flirting and she's, like... And I'm just, like, I'm actually watching it going, like, I know that this is supposed to be, like, a prelude to something disastrous. Yeah. But, like, I like this gene. Yeah. Better than I like the gene from ten minutes ago. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, which is... I, I, I am perplexed why... I, I get that he's part of the thing, but there has yet to be a single X-Men film where Cyclops isn't a I mean I get that his character is like it's jokingly a douche like yeah. that's kind of what it is like around it but it's just like why do you keep centering films around him when like you know it's just like how many Fantastic Four films do we have to have where like that you know yeah. it's just like how many times do you need to learn that no one fucking cares about this character yeah that the poor actor that has to play him is crippled by the character's development, the fact that no one likes him, the fact that his character is basically kind of a douche because he's always, like, the overprotective yeah. around a woman, and that he just, like, his powers kind of yeah. suck. Over, like, overprotective, by the way, around a woman who could snap yeah. his neck like a twig. Yeah. Um. And always. Like, yeah. always that. And it's just, like... And so, like, he just comes off as, like, you know, in every fucking film, and you're like, but every single film, 
for some fucking reason, the guy that's built, you know, I mean, it's just like in a superhero film, the guy that's just a normal dude with fucking shitty looking goggles on, which why did they give him back the fucking guy? I get that it's the nineties, but like, at least when they went towards like this more sunglasses thing, it wasn't like so fucking douchey, Yeah. but like, and this is again, no, like, and, and, my and, X-Men are the nineties X-Men. Yeah. So that's the only X-Men that I know at all because it's the only time I ever fucking read X-Men, but like, and actually, the Phoenix arc from the 90s is what I fucking read of it. And, like, I love that arc. And every single fucking time they keep teasing the Phoenix thing, I'm like, who's so, so excited? But it's... Anyway. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's... That, that's a, I, I do think... I do think this movie is better than The Last Stand yeah. simply because there's emotional stakes yeah. and the narrative is coherent. Yeah. Uh, it, whereas, like, I felt like... And again, it's been a while since I watched it because it's terrible. Yeah. But, like, I felt like X-Men The Last Stand, I always remember, like, a bunch of the plot just not making any sense. Yeah. Like, this is kind of boring, but at least it, like, it does hold together. Yeah. It makes sense. Motivations make sense. The retcon bothers me, but, like, within the context of a movie where that retcon happens, Gene's motivations make sense. Uh, at least to a degree. Yeah. Um, I do think that this is a movie that's, like, mean for no reason in a lot of places. Yeah. Like, you know, there there's the thing with her dad. Yeah. Where it's like, at the, at the beginning of the movie, you see Jean as a child, and her powers, like, explode, essentially, and she kills her mom, and then, like... Her her dad is ostensibly dead, and you find out later that he wasn't. He isn't. Yeah. But like, he gets killed in this movie for no reason. Yeah. Like just because like, well, I guess we don't need him anymore. Yeah. Even though like the, there's a weird set of was like, you know, your language is easy to understand or hard or easy to understand except when you're screaming and then kill him. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought you were gonna torture him. But um. Yeah. I, yeah. I I. I I guess you know, before we go to other things, there's yeah, like, talk should... about Chastain's character, who I fucking love her as an actress. Yeah. Um, I there's no part of this movie that felt like it needed an actress of her caliber, because it, like I said, it's it's she. Yeah. There's nothing there. There's so no personality. You take a famous redhead, like this is like I mean it's like. I mean, obviously, I don't think she's actually a redhead. I'm trying to remember if she I actually is or not. But, like, she's known as, like, right. most of her films, like, she's a redhead. Um, and set her up against, like, her alter ego is basically the other famous redhead that exists right now. Yeah. Well, one of them, obviously, there's, yeah. like, uh, madman woman. But, um, but like, of the actress world, like, off of Game of Thrones, yeah. she's a redhead, even though now she's... Anyway, but... And make her a bleach blonde that looks like... Um, she looked like the, the, the twins from Matrix 2. See, I actually... Well, yeah, I agree. But, like, I was actually thinking she looks like Tilda fucking Swinton. That's because true. Because she's yeah. also scary So skinny. pale and so... Yeah. It's she's also, like, like, weirdly gaunt in this yeah. film, which she's plays back and forth on being gaunt or not. Yeah. But, like, it's, like, one of those, like, is that supposed to be a character? Like, that level yeah. of, like... And weirdness? I think it might be supposed to be a character because, like, she's a shape-shifting alien, and but the aliens the, are like traditional greys. Yeah, but are... the actress, <laughs> she's just embodying a body, so yeah. it's like it's not, and that's the character that she picks up, and it's not like she became like yeah, more, you know. Anyway, but like, so it's just that's weird, and you know, I mean, like you would you would mention it was like I wonder if 
Chastain is the um, the Phoenix Force, the, basically the Phoenix Force within her head, sort of thing. Which I was super excited. Like honestly, one, that, of, the, mean, that, one that, of the disappointments was yeah. that you got me thinking about that, and I'm like, oh man, that would be a fun, that would yeah. be a deep thing that they could play with. And right, course, exactly. And then it's like that's the thing. Like they 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 flirt with the edges of that by having her yeah. basically tempt her yeah. with like, give me the power and you can have a normal life. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not deep. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, and I mean, okay, so let's let's go in. Let's. I, I don't necessarily want to go into spoilers per se, but we're gonna drop a spoiler shield now. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got a couple <laughs> of things I do want to say about the back yeah. half of the movie, and I just don't. Um, so spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the choice to like halfway through the movie have that scene where she tries to take the phoenix powers gene wants to give them to her and then stops giving them to her and then like so then gene's in a coma and this woman has more power yeah but she still only has a tiny tiny fraction of gene's power and so there's it doesn't pay off in any way yeah because it's like yeah i guess she can like overpower magneto for a couple of minutes but like what's the point I'm John Galbo, co-host of Adventure Club Podcast, one of the flagship shows of ACPN. Each week, we're joined by guests from all walks of life, from celebrities to comedians to web geeks of all trades and beyond. Each episode is jam-packed with popular culture goodness sprinkled with some old-fashioned comedy and all-around geekdom. Come join us and share in all the adventures. All right, I said it. Give me my 20 bucks. Adventure Club Podcast, new episodes only on ACPN. <laughs> and we're back, because you guys didn't know, but we were buying coffee. Uh, yes, we are recharging. So, so yeah, Chastain had no real motivation either. Yeah. Like, it was, it was basically like, we're aliens, we're going to take over your world and kill everybody. Which, I mean, in an alien invasion movie, that's not a bad motivation yeah. but this movie didn't feel like an alien invasion movie it was like it, it, it felt like there needed to be something more there yeah um and it just like I said I really like I like her as an actor too yeah, yeah. however nothing about her in this movie was even remotely appealing yeah and uh and like you said right down to the character design it's like why does she look and act like this I don't get it <laughs> uh cause I mean I, I had to say I mean like they would actually be uh, we're eating donuts right now because it's it's donut day. It um, but so just why we were <laughs> <laughs> suddenly. Um, and again, this gets into rewriting script or whatever. But like, it is one of those things where it actually would be very interesting, I think, to have a have Jessica Chastain as we know her, as we you know usually know her as a mm-hmm. redhead or as a whatever, like played off directly with another redhead which I guess like maybe that's hammering a metaphor too hard about redheads or something um, but um, but I mean the idea of having a visual doppelganger no and like not having it be bizarro Superman or something, mm-hmm. but like just having that yeah. be subconscious to the audience yeah. and not over I mean yeah I mean they, they like Sophie Turner looks way like by far enough different it's mm-hmm. not like one of she has like three other people that look just like her. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, not Turner, but uh, Chastain has like her th- yeah. two or three other people that like if you line them up and you're like, eh. <laughs> but 
Although I at least say, all redheads. Turner kind of reminds me of um, Kirsten Dunst with red hair. Uh, mm. Just. Mm. Turner but, looks too much like my uh, my kid sister mm, now. No, uh, just my kid sister is like a smaller version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, but yeah. Anyway, um, but she, but uh, it it is. It's just like it seems like a weird thing because she does. And I get maybe they're obviously trying to make her look weird enough. Yeah. But then I just I feel like why don't you just hire the other another person yeah. that's not Jessica <laughs> Chastain to. Especially yeah. as a one-off like character that's never gonna yeah. come back, obviously too. Like, <laughs> and here's the thing too. Like, uh, maybe that's the role she wanted, but I, I mean, like maybe. was like, I mean, you know, obviously. Cont- I, mean, I mean, here's she the thing. She keeps she keeps talking about like not keeps, but she kept talking for a while about like mm-hmm. wanting to do a Marvel movie, but wanting it to be like the right role. Like, I, I can't remember. I feel like she was offered like Gamora or some nonsense like something where she was just like no this is not big enough slash yeah. like it's too reliant on a man slash whatever the, you know what I mean yeah. but like and again I could be misremembering but I feel like that's the case but I know that she has said several times she's interested in doing Marvel movie Yeah. and I'm just like and this is the, the superhero movie you picked? <laughs> yeah and this is the role you pick. and I'm wondering like when she took when she got the first draft of the script Maybe it wasn't this. Maybe stuff got changed because of the similarities to Captain Marvel or because of the Disney acquisition of Fox or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, on the other hand, maybe she just wanted that one thing and you're like, because this is a one and done. Like, yeah. no one's going to, especially your character, sadly, is not like, oh, well, that kind of ruins her for, not that that matters, I yeah. guess, fucking anymore, because you literally can have people go from one superhero defining character to yeah. another and it doesn't fucking matter anymore yeah. so which pisses me off but um again you know there's 12 actors in fucking Hollywood I guess yeah. but um but yeah um but one of the we got sidetracked by talking about how crappy the villains were but um and that is crap inconsequential yeah that's really you know I mean like that and that's bothersome and that's that's kind but, of often ever since Magneto stopped being the villain mm. it that's been every X-Men film ever. Um, well, I mean, because here, for some reason they don't make... The, here's the secret, guys. The the villains in X... All the X-Men are humans. Mm-hmm. Are just the humans. Yeah. And the moment you're like, no, let's make aliens. Which, by the way, don't really exist in X-Men. Like, I like, mean, they do. Except, like... And and I get no, I mean not in the I mean I'm talking about within these films. Well, that's that's oh, the, and I that's guess the kind thing. of alien is uh, apocalypse, but I mean I, I think it's one of those I can't remember if there was any alien overtly kind of hinted at or whatever in apocalypse. I did I think this Isn't is apocalypse an alien. He was the first mutant. Oh yeah. Um, oh, okay. And I don't know. I feel like there was an implication at some point that, like, aliens were somehow involved in his yeah, creation or something. So but again, like, I could be misremembering something from the comics yeah. into the movies because it's been a while since I watched Apocalypse. And, like, but I was thinking about that during the movie. I was like, this is how we introduce the concept of aliens in the world of X-Men. Mm-hmm. And that's really not a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, here's the thing. I think that your idea of them being inconsequential and my idea of the movie being, like, needlessly mean yeah. are actually kind of married. Because these yeah. villains run through the movie just killing shit for no reason. And, like... They're the uh, um, former humans in Suicide Squad, too. Yeah. Where, yeah. I mean, like, obviously they're humans, like, as opposed to being these weird creature yeah. things. But, like, 
I still remember, like, in that film, there's, like, one moment where, like, they realize... It's the moment when they realize that, oh, my God, they there's had like a watch. Inside they had, here. like, a yeah, watch on yeah. or something like that, and they realize that it's a dude as opposed to just alien or whatever, like, yeah, bad ma- things. Like, magic... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Drones. Yeah. And yeah. so it just ends up being like, oh my god, we're killing humans and whatever. And But there's no moment where they go, these are human. Like, there's no explanation. None of the characters know what we know that these that are they're just aliens. people yeah. that took oh, oh, over bodies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, and there's a lot of them, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's like 20 of them. And like, and that's like, and again, like, Part of that speaks to the fact that these villains are so completely shallow and inconsequential. It's like, at no point do any of the heroes know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Like the cl- and the closest we get to even an acknowledgement of that, as opposed to just like trying to mow people down, is there's a moment where Charles is trying to reason with Jean, and the bad guy is uh, Vuk, Jessica Chastain, is on the other side of her doing the like evil Jiminy Cricket thing of like, he's lying, he's yeah. not really... And, and, like, he just kind of looks at her and tries to read her mind, realizes he can't, and goes, who are you? What are and you? Or what are you? He actually but, said, what are you? And then there's you? no response yeah, yeah, and yeah. no follow-up. And it's, like, there's nothing. And, like, from that point on, yeah. like, and Charles never tells, like, when he assembles the team mm-hmm. again, he, like, never tells them, oh, by the way, these things aren't human. These are, you know. So, like, it's, it's a really weird... It would actually weird... be kind of useful to know, like, yeah. when you're thing, because they fight they fight them as if they're human bot forms. Yeah. And they kind of, again, their, like, killability is Yeah, you, in you, a range. you realize quickly that, that they're not, because they're, like, you, you shoot them in the... Well, I mean, like, bullets don't do anything at all to them, but a fifty cal does. Yeah. Like, occasionally. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the other... Like, and, like, sometimes Magneto can kill one by stabbing it through the neck or something, yeah, yeah. and other times Magneto can, like crush them into a ball and they're fine and you know but so yeah that that's all which is still saying um and this just we i there's about um i that the train scene i think was one of the best it was by far the best um scene in that i can think of uh in all of the x-men films Oh yeah, um, it was a really like it was like oh it's, it's this too bad. is X Men. It's too bad that the things they were fighting were fucking of no value. Yeah, because yeah. like had like had that been had they not been like characters you so badly wanted yeah. to see die and get on with the real story, yeah. that would have been even better. But I agree, like it was a it was a well done fight scene. Yeah. The effects were really good on it, and like you know like there was a lot to really like in that Which, scene. Uh, a, <clears throat> what grabbed? Um, Magneto's, and this is like a weird. This is yeah. not only super spoilers. Obviously, we're in spoilers, but yeah. But like, what grabbed Magneto's um, female sidekick? Sidekick, because it wasn't just a human arm. Yeah. It was like a massive fucking arm that grabbed. I think. I think that it was just a big fucking dude. I mean, like the arm was like. I, I honestly think it was just that the alien like shape shifted back to alien to get a better grip or something. I don't know because like, it was like it, did, it, it looked it, like a Hulk arm. Like yeah, but, it was. Like, it human... was like it because it like palmed her head like a basketball, yeah. and then you never see her again. So I assume she's and you dead. never saw that character again either. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was, and they never established that there's oh there's this one guy that can that's do like way bigger or anything. And so yeah. like when she died. Because she just kind of disappeared, like which really sucked. Because they spent a lot of time developing this character that I don't remember really. I think 
Maybe she was in other films. I don't remember. I don't um, remember her in other like, I mean, I could be wrong. So, but, like, they, like, developed her as a, like, oh, she's Magneto's, like, she could read, she could read Control Mind. I mean, mm. like, she... She had a lot of fucking powers, like yeah, and like she yeah, just it's gets like, pulled off, and she can them, she like. can control minds, but also is a badass at fighting. Yeah, um, yeah, and like I think the implication is that she's not quite as strong as Charles at controlling minds because yeah. like if, no, if no, she is, yeah, what's the point yeah. of him? Yeah, she but seems like, to just be kind of like a trickster sort of, yeah, like a, Lo- a Loki level sort of like control it. You know, yeah, but, like, but 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 at the but same yeah. time, like she was basically psych- psychically arm wrestling Charles to a standstill yeah. for ten minutes of the movie mm-hmm. because like there's a chunk of a fight scene. Yeah. Where they're basically fighting over um, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Like, and first of all, the implication that Charles is like making him teleport instead of asking him for help is kind of weird. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, but that so like yeah they they, they and I, I wouldn't even I, I think it's generous to say they spent a lot of time developing her. We spent well, a lot of time seeing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's about as yeah. much as we get to develop characters that that. I mean, honestly, anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one. I mean, one of the biggest problems is is that due to the time, due to the uh, the time jumping and mm-hmm. everything that this arc of yeah. characters have done over twenty years, um, the fact that any character development that they do is inconsequential. Yeah. So I mean, like I the Pat the Patrick's the the. Uh, Patrick Stewart, the the Xavier that we know from the first film mm-hmm. is. Not only physically not the same person, yeah. actor, character, whatever, in any way, shape, and form, to the final one. So it's not like we get none of the satisfaction from this, and it's really unfortunate because not only because, fuck, I, I, I'm pissed off that we didn't get another like yeah. one more film with at least a moment yeah. of Patrick Stewart playing the the role that he was born to play. Um, well, here's <laughs> which I know, wait, was he born, he must have been before born before Xavier was created. Probably. Uh, anyway, close. But, but it's the fact that like it, it's just it's just like that's why we don't I, I think that's one of the biggest problems of this is that they've done so many in in film retconnings that they yeah. haven't owned that you don't even get the like I mean we had a, more of a character arc and thing with Gamora in yeah. X-Men <laughs> and obviously you know it's you know and we almost have as many films with her so maybe that's unfair but huh. like you know, I mean, there's as much of a character arc with Tilda Swinton's character in yeah. uh, uh, in the Marvel universe yeah, than in Doctor Strange, and then the five minutes she was in. Yeah, Endgame. I mean, like, yeah. then almost all of the characters that we have, because yeah. every fucking move towards something gets retconned. Which, and, like, by the way, happened. going back to everything in this movie is just taken from a better movie. Yeah. Like the re- the the Charles Xavier retcon yeah. is basically making him into Tilda Swinton from from Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, where it's like, no, I know better, and so I'm going to shape the world the way I want yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And despite the fact that I know that's wrong and blah, blah. Like, but, so anyway, that's a, but, but yeah, so, like, and, and to me, like, I really didn't like what they did with Xavier. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I also, like, because they, like, they start this movie where it should have ended. They yeah. start this movie with, like, things are good between humans and mutants the x-men are superheroes that everybody admires like the world is safe and peaceful and then like you tear it all down yeah and it feels to me like the idea here is that they were setting up the status quo for x-men 2000 like the 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 first movie which 
I kind of understand, like, wanting to take everything full circle and be like, no, people still hate and fear mutants in 2000, so this happy ending from 1992 can't be the end. Yeah. But the problem with that is this movie is explicitly a different timeline. So much so that at the end of this, Xavier essentially retires in disgrace and hands the school over to Hank. Yeah. And so... Like, why does... Like, why do we need to tear everything down and pretend like this is still the continuity of X-Men? Yeah. Because Mystique is dead, and Jean is dead, and Magneto's not evil, and Charles is retired. Yeah. And so you're sitting here going, like, they couldn't decide if they wanted this to be the last movie and to give closure to these stories, yeah. or if they wanted it to, to tee up the yeah. first movie and make it a complete circle. Yeah. And I almost feel like they were trying to, in some way, um, comment on that with the monologues that they gave Gene at the beginning and end about how, like, nothing is preordained, everything is, like, everything you do is the choice that you make of it, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But it's like, it didn't, like, that didn't feel like an intentional thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we should try taught because I feel like we've, um, Again, this is, like, fandom talk yeah, to yeah, an extent. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, just talk about it as if you're actually a casual fan of this. Mm-hmm. as opposed Because, yeah. I mean, uh, like, I mean, one other thing. I mean, like, I don't know, like, is there a, a casual fandom in the way that there was, like, even with, with the MCU where, like, I think about, like, people like my mom. Yeah. Like, who... Like she would every once in a while, write, you know, she'd be the new films coming out, and she's yeah. like, okay, so like she had a incorrect under remembrance yeah. of most things, so I was like, but she had was thinking about it, right? As opposed to <clears throat> this, where you go, I don't even know how the fuck you could think about it, um, because yeah. unless you're like sitting down with a notebook, yeah. um, as as a person, like I, I mean, I I follow these things, I've seen all of them, I think except for Apocalypse by far more than once. Yeah. Um, and none of this fucking makes sense whatsoever to me. Um, and I, I understand that there's some level of understanding, but, but like I, I, it's the problem is, is that I, they, sh- I, again, they should have, should have, should have, but like, it's just like this weird half ass obsession. Yeah. I think is the, pro- is honestly the problem with it. It's the fact that we're like, they could have just said, fuck, this, the last film was how many years ago? Yeah. Nobody fucking really remembers it because it was like, it was a, one of the main X-Men mm-hmm. films that kind of went by the, um, oh my God, I'm sorry. There's a dude standing up on his motorcycle wearing a Confederate flag hoodie that just drove by. By the way, this is upstate New York. Yeah. Um, part of the abolitionist. Anyway. But, um, <laughs> and, and fuck that guy. Yes. Also, considering it's hilarious because he, he very nearly slammed into the back of a truck. But um, but uh, I would say unfortunate that yeah. he didn't. Um, but uh, there, we don't have... It didn't... <laughs> Sorry. That distracted lost me so much how ridiculous it is. Uh, but it is... It is it's just... <laughs> they didn't it's like they tried to split some weird hair between we're going to create something for some level of fandom that exists that mm-hmm. I guess really A doesn't really exist and B doesn't care 
You know, I mean, like, I think that honestly, three films ago, if they had just retconned everything yeah. or just been like, we're moving forward here, we don't care. Um, everything that you know about the past is relevant when we want it to. Yeah. And just move forward. But, like, they had this weird, again, they had this weird thing, but they never fucking flash back. They never, they yeah. never flash back to previous films. They yeah. did flashbacks of the characters as they are now, mm-hmm. sometimes with hair, sometimes with a slight beard, and sometimes yeah. with a with thing. I was like, because I just remembered, I'm like, wait, halfway through this film, suddenly he's bald. And I'm like, wait, when did that, I don't remember that happening. <laughs> at the very, I think at the end of Apocalypse, he, he was. Oh no, no! I mean, I remember that happening, but I'm just saying I don't remember it. Like there wasn't the like, I don't remember it being like 20 years later or, or you know three or, or whatever. Like it just wasn't consequential enough. Yeah, I and mean, he didn't. And it, the it, biggest problem is he didn't fucking age at all. Oh yeah, I know. And so, That's... and I get that he just lost his hair in like a, a small amount of time because of the yeah. whatever things he was doing. Um, never mind. I also go, he's the fucking smartest guy in the fucking... Like, all these things where it's just like, never mind the spinal cord thing, and I get yeah. that they tried to figure out something where it's like, and we can't just build a, you know, a yeah. adamantium back or something. But yeah, you know, it's a lot of these things where it's just like... But, especially considering how much of this film is... And this is one of the problems, like, too, is that how much of this film is um, accessibility issues? Yeah, oh yeah. With panic, with with uh, um, wheelchairs? <laughs> You're like it is. It is almost comical, like how much of it is them carrying him around. Oh, and like, I know. Because it's weird. It's like obviously they kind of had to, but like there's so many scenes where like I, I get it in the in the in the like why. And again, this is the early '90s, but I'm like I remember the comic. Didn't he have a levitating? Either he, I forget whether it was actual machine that levitated or whether it was him. I can't even remember, but you're it. right. Yeah, but was... he was able to move around. He just got a fucking fancy wheelchair in the in the early '90s. I mean, they literally have a fucking spaceship. Yeah. But like, he has like a wheelchair that you could buy at the fucking store. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's just one of these weird things where a dude who's so into himself doesn't have, yeah. and that's just like an easy pass off that they could have been like. No, he has something that can fucking go upstairs or yeah. whatever. But no, he is because he lives in an ancient mansion. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but by the way, here's here's an important note because it ties into one of the like one of the other problems I have with this movie. Yeah. He doesn't have a spaceship. Like, <laughs> let's let's be really clear here. Everybody blames Charles because when the president calls him and asks him to do something impossible, he says, "We'll try." Yeah. But then, like. Charles is out of touch with reality there. He says, we can do this. It's fine. But Hank and Mystique both know they cannot do this and do it anyway. They are the field commanders. It's their responsibility to keep (laughs) their people alive. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just, like, it would really suck if you'd have to tell the president, I'm sorry, these astronauts are going to die. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like... That's what the military told him. Yeah. I assume he called the military before he called the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, like, to me, it's like, they they heap all of this blame on Xavier. And again, it comes back to this thing of, like, for some reason, Xavier's a villain. Like, not a villain. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Xavier's a dick now. And I'm like, if you I had... Mean, they've been building him as a dick for a while. <clears throat> but, like, that's... As opposed to... The flaw in the la- in uh, when he was miserable and a drunk yeah. and a whatever and and but he you know could walk because he fixed whatever like 
as opposed to that, which was, okay, we need to solve this problem, and right. we're going, that's what most of that film was kind of about, yeah. was, oh shit, he has to become a hand, he has to go back into a wheelchair again and lose his ability because he has to go off these drugs that... Right. But... Um, Hypnosil, basically, the, the drug from Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's just like, so the next thing is, like, that's a, the thing that they have to solve in here. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's a, he's a celebrity whore, kind yeah. of, to an extent. And, like, so he's just yeah. kind of a monoxious prick for, like, not a real good reason. Yeah, other and, than, and again, like, yeah. there's an element of, that's like, amazing. in the comics or in a TV show, yeah. you could have built that over time and it yeah. probably could have made it make sense. Yeah, yeah. And for all we know... Like, the backstory that the writer had in their imagination, it makes sense. Yeah. But, like, what you see on screen, it isn't justified. Yeah. And I also want to take this moment to point out, because, like, we talk about, like, unlikable protagonists, unmemorable, like, vicious villains for no reason. You talk about a movie that's dark and mean in places where it doesn't need to be. And I just want to point out that this was written and directed by Simon Kinberg, who is the guy who was responsible for rewriting uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four on the fly after Trank, like, apparently got himself essentially fired. Yeah. And so, like, I look at this movie and I look at Fantastic Four, and I'm just like, you can see a lot of the same kind of shared DNA. Yeah. And, like, part of that is implicit in the characters in terms of, like, both Reed and Xavier are yeah. kind of these flawed geniuses who see themselves as a savior and blah 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 blah. But like, it, it at least like with with Fantastic Four, he was. They were doing this in a new, fresh universe where it didn't have to make sense with previous movies. Yeah. Whereas like here, a lot of this stuff feels like it's just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, there's this. I mean, and and there's a. <clears throat> There's a uh, an interesting weird with with Raven uh, and and Xavier the conversation where it's just like well when's the last time you risk something yeah and because he's continually risking their lives ordering them off yeah and and again this is this bit weird problem where they have a guy that's you know whatever whether he's one of the smartest people in the world yeah. has these abilities has these things and is basically just staying at home ordering people with yeah. less sometimes less considerably lesser powers yeah i mean like there's like a handful of these people who are like yeah they have a fighting ability but like literally you cover up this guy's face and he's a dude yeah like <laughs> last movie where you had jubilee where yeah. it's like you have, you have a, a teenager who can put on a light show <laughs> fighting your ancient egyptian god yeah yeah like yeah and so like he's putting these people in thing and <clears throat> so he hasn't like again like that there, there's this there's this I can't decide on whether it's appropriately cruel or just cruel scene when um, Gene makes him walk up the stairs and he's like moving around like a a character and it's not only like way too fucking long and way too fucking awkward in the like, wait, I don't know... Like, I'd have to ask... Somebody else would have to have an opinion on... Yeah. Just at what level, like, is this her being... Uh, but anyway, like, pulls him out of the chair and then crushes his chair and then, like, you know... Puppeteers him up a set of stairs. stairs. Yeah. And he's clearly in some level of pain, at least, yeah. or at least awkwardness. And, and he's, like, obviously, like... Yeah. Actually, that was some of, like, as much as I didn't like any of that scene... Yeah. The thing that... The one thing that I will say for it, I thought that, um... I'm missing the actor's name who plays Charles now. Mac- uh, uh, yeah, James McAvoy. McAvoy, I thought, was really good in that scene because, yeah. like, 
the thing that I got from that more than pain yeah. was like humiliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like to me, it was like it was a combination of like this guy who spends his whole life being in control, mm-hmm. who's now being essentially pushed around by yeah. a teenage girl. Yeah. And then like the fact that on a very basic level he's like a guy who's in a wheelchair yeah. and he's being forced against his will to you and, know and, and again there's this weird and I get that who by the way the teenage girl's now 40 or something because of the timeline of these movies but yeah, never mind that whatever um, but it is this weird thing where like I uh, the, obviously there's a ton of there's a ton of comic book characters mm-hmm. in the history of comic book characters that have a weird issue that could very easily be solved with that thing yeah you know like there's Mechanic. There's things that he has created. He has greater technology around him yeah. than what needs to be solved. And if he has spent that time solving that issue, mm-hmm. he could become. He could be part of the team and part of yeah. it, as opposed to no, I'm just the guy. And so it's. But it's also at the same time, it's this weird like in the real world reading these things. It's problematic because it's like Jesus Christ. This is a guy in a in a wheelchair that yeah. has has it has these issues and whether or not that's empowering and is this not is this again i would well, actually really love to like if anybody knows anybody actually has written about this yeah. i'd actually be really interested um, to read more about it but uh, um, i can't remember the the writer's name her she goes by the nerdy bird um uh jill something i want to say but anyway she had written at length about this not regarding charles but ex- yeah. regarding um Barbara Gordon, yeah. who was famously paralyzed after being shot in The Killing Joke in the mid-80s, yeah. and then became Oracle, who was like this wheelchair-bound super computer, like she was the intelligence-gathering organization for yeah. superheroes, basically. Yeah. And then when they decided that they wanted to reset the essentially the Silver Age status quo and make her Batgirl again, um, instead of just rebooting her and yeah. saying, like, Killing Joke never happened, they gave this whole complex thing where she essentially got cured of her permanent paralysis and the fundamental problem with that is that you're now taking away a character who is an aspirational inspirational figure for people who are disabled yeah and um and so like uh, she's talked about this quite a bit and i don't know that she's ever talked about xavier specifically but like that is a thing that we've talked about in, in like in the comics community just in general terms that like you have to just understand and accept that yeah like he can't fix that because it's kind of insulting to the people in the real world who don't have a magical fix yeah but then every now and again we do anyway because reasons yeah and then it's get, it's, it's not i mean and, and again he he does solve it for a brief time but it causes his other power yeah, yeah. powers to go away which is also kind of like uh, um like if it's okay to solve it yeah like and have his other powers removed then to me it's uh, and so but it, it but it's also like especially considering this film is is cruel to him in that way and yeah. mocks him in that way to an extent um and again this is a character that is being cruel and and so it's always this weird yeah like, wait like, is the is, is it justify the racist it's, it's guy like, because he's a mean you know whatever, yeah and like, well and that's and, and it's treated like but my problem is though yeah. like my problem is that yes, Jean at that point is possessed by the Phoenix Force or whatever, and she's evil. Yeah. But it's not like it isn't a hundred percent treated like she's doing something totally fucking evil. Like the the dialogue that she's delivering yeah. during it is speaking to the retcon. Yeah. It's like she's basically saying because you lied to me about my dad being dead, you deserve what I'm doing to you right yeah, now. Yeah. And it's like, I can't honestly tell because of how much the movie 
seemed to dislike Xavier. Yeah. I can't honestly tell if the movie believed that on some level. I mean, I it it is like the the fact that he has been like it it's it's less to the it's less to the um uh, the disability issue yeah. than it is to the character. I think mm-hmm. like I think that it's. Like again, I, again, I'm like, this is my opinion. <laughs> right, right. I, I really would actually love to hear thoughts on it because I don't know what I think necessarily. Other than to me, within the world of the character of that character, mm-hmm. like, kind of deserving it, sort of thing. You know, if this level, this yeah. level of hatred that she has against him at this moment that has basically been built by um, this thing that is, you know, whatever, um, always feels like a metaphor for. for you know, puberty or something yeah. like that. Whenever the characters can't control their powers, right? Or whatever, exactly. Which is not right when it's a. <laughs> tw- I don't know how she. How old I mean, Sophie Turner is in real life. I don't know um, how, she, how old she is in real life, but I mean, I think, she. But, canonically, in this, she was eight in 1975, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the movie takes place in 1992. Mm-hmm. So she's 24 or something. Yeah. And so, like... I mean, she's drinking, so she's... Yeah, yeah. She's drinking, she has an entire relationship, she lives lives with... um, The boyfriend. Yeah, um, and so, like, yeah. But, again, they still... Yeah, but, I I mean, you're right, though. Like, there's an element of... And certainly, you could could use the, the Phoenix element of her as a metaphor for puberty because, like, it's a secondary mutation... She suddenly finds herself much more powerful. It changes the way she views the world. Yeah, can't and blah, 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 blah. control emotions. Like, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, um, no, and, and, it, and obviously that you know I think is weighted also by it being a girl and, yeah. and things like that, like general and, like sexism. Yeah, well, you can't, the, you, that the fact that she then lashes out at her father figure. Like, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You could totally, and they don't in this movie. Like, that's the like, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think any of that's intentional. No, 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 just, no, 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 no. No, that's that's me being forced reading that yeah, by. Yeah. Uh, you know, hundred years of cinema, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> and books yeah. and everything like that. Like, um, <laughs> like that's one of those. I'm like, no, I have to. They are not doing this. This mm-hmm. is me being, you know, taught sort well, of thing. But yeah, and I do think too, like one of the things you said earlier is interesting in the sense that uh, you were talking about, um, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, you were talking about the idea that a lot of the things we're talking about are like pedantic fan issues yeah. and not actual like cinematic narrative problems with the movie yeah I would I would argue though that in a lot of cases our pedantic fan issues do speak to the overall weakness of the X-Men oh, yeah. film series well that's and yeah. like one of the biggest things is this movie starts with us seeing her getting the Phoenix powers yeah and she used them at the end of Apocalypse like she used that that's how they won yeah. Literally, that's the entire. Um, that's the entire ending of that movie. Yeah. And so, like to me, I'm like, that's not a pedantic nitpick. Yeah. No. That is. You forgot the third act of the movie that immediately preceded <laughs> this. Movie. Yeah. 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 And there's no workaround for it because they don't ever like. Yeah, we see her powers. Yeah. go out of her control as a kid but it's exclusively her telekinesis yeah like or her mind like the the, the stuff that already exists within Jean's power set pre-Phoenix yeah like there's no flames there's no any it's all just like she accidentally puts her mom to sleep yeah and her mom crashes a car yeah um and so like um 
to me, I'm just like, uh, that, that to me is a, is a problem because yeah, it's like uh, on some level complaining about the way her powers work feels pedantic, but like this is still a film series. And like, even with the altered timeline post days of future past and blah, 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 like the one and only thing that we know should exist in an unaltered form is Apocalypse. Yeah. Like, that's the only movie that we should be able to reliably look back on and be like, nothing has changed. Yeah. And they messed up continuity like moment to moment from that film. Yeah. Um, and so as much as I agree that like some of this is us being like, Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a jerk who's read too many comics and, and I'm going to complain about the fact that uh, Cyclops is, optic blasts are concussive <laughs> and not heat and yet yeah, he yeah, sets yeah. things on fire in this movie yeah, yeah. Um, but like I, I do think that being like wait why was she phoenix at the end of apocalypse and it's never addressed yeah. is not a pedantic nitpick it's like they were setting up this movie with that movie but yeah. then they explicitly contradicted it Yeah. which I mean you can get away with if it's a small thing yeah. like in the post credit scene to Captain Marvel we see how she arrives to the Avengers and then it's different in Endgame yeah because it's not actually significant yeah the the moment that you first meet her is not important um but yeah the fact that they don't I mean like and again this is like one of those like could you have spent like their aggressive nature of wanting to get into this film so quickly like yeah. get into the depth of it is weird especially for an X-Men film which is not yeah. they usually take their long ass fucking time getting yeah. to the story points like I remember Days of Future Past where I'm like holy fucking just what what just get to the film yeah um and I mean same thing with Apocalypse too where it was just like okay I get this character is what he is I don't really care too too much yeah he's the villain he's the big bad like let's get to it but um is the fact that you don't build that she's you don't earn the fact that she's got something else going on that it's more than just like whatever because like they they have like what i remember there's like one like conversation where it's just like are you sure i believe you like mm-hmm. and, and it's so it's like there's all this like hesitation with jennifer lawrence with the yeah. uh, with mystique and and like none of this is earned to the extent that it needs to be to a kill off a mystique and like B have her be this person that she isn't you know in in any of the other films yeah like even if it's her max like what this power should theoretically do is basically maximize all of her either worst or best or whatever potentials that's what powers do that is that is like that is you know comic lore usually Mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't change you as a person, it just makes you the better person, the best or worst person that you are. And this obviously does that because it's implied that it does that, but it doesn't imply it in the way that it's earned. Well, that's, that's the thing, too, is, like, it it can't decide. Because, like, on the one hand... It's like, well, I think, because the other thing, too, is that it doesn't earn her initial parental death because it's literally... She just says this one thing. Like, as far as we know, like, basically almost throughout the entire thing, the opening thing is that this is the first time this kid has any shown any fucking powers. At eight, she's switching the radio station and then then accidentally makes everyone go to sleep mm-hmm. and kills them all. And her father is like, well, fuck this kid. Like, and I, and I get that, like, 
a parent would potentially, you know, like somebody yeah. would make that. But like, everyone just fell asleep. Like this isn't, yeah. Like this isn't like some longer thing where I feel like you could care a little bit in any way, shape, form. Like you don't, you don't care about this mom, yeah. and you don't have the relationship between the father, like the fact that the father and and the mother would care, or the father at least would care more about her, his wife than the kid. Right. Is, is, I mean, like, I get it. It's totally a thing. But, like, you don't, he's not the distant father. Yeah. You know, I mean, where it's just like, no, the wife is the world. Fuck, I have a kid. I can't believe it. Where yeah. it's just like, wait, he just throws away his kid, you know, and, like, because it's not like Xavier comes in and goes, like, no, you need to give me to her. Or right. you need to give her to me. Uh, because that's the way she'll be, you'll be safe and he'll be safe. And it's, like, this heart. He's like, I don't want fucking, I don't have anything to do with her. Yeah. Like, yeah. which... I, I it's it's an understandable thing, but it's like it's one another one of those things where it's just like they can't also then when she meets him, like decide how much how much of an asshole he is. And that's what it was. That's the thing that I was thinking. Oh, they did this in Shazam was mm. because you see her version yeah. of the death. Yeah. Where like you see it from her point of view, and then yeah. later she like reads his mind, and yeah. you see the the death from his point of view, and it's just very slightly different. Yeah, yeah. It's like the parents are more upset and less amused. Yeah. They're you know, and it's and it's, so it's, it's like the, the the thing with Billy's mom, where it's like the day that you disappeared, I was really stressed out and desperate, and like took yeah. advantage of this mistake to yeah. get rid of you because I couldn't handle you. Yeah. And like. It kind of feels like that's like it kind of feels like that like it feels yeah. like he and again I feel like this is the one area where you're like reaching back into the like is this a metaphor for like homosexuality or something again yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like oh my kid is X I can't handle that get rid of it yeah. um, and so like maybe yeah okay you could argue that there are some people who just even if you love your kid can't quite handle yeah you know them being insert thing yeah, here yeah. um but like again, it, that 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 that's me reading between the lines, which like you you could argue whether or not that's a worthwhile thing for me yeah. to do. I, yeah, I mean for me, it just it, if 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 there wasn't like thirty minutes of this film that I don't really remember what happened in, mm-hmm. um, I feel like you could have then okay, you only spend it's like you know it's Bruce Wayne, you know you're gonna kill yeah. them off. Like in the opening credits, I'm fine with that at this point. If it's a Batman film, yeah. Um, but if it's something that kind of defines specifically how she treats people as a character, as a thing, whatever, I feel like there's about 20 minutes. There's maybe not 20 minutes, but 10 minutes of this film that you chop out and develop her. I just yeah. think about how much time um, that, how much time that uh, Guardians Two spent in. Um, at the Dairy Queen and the and mm-hmm. the things like that, like how much they built that loving and caring and that sort of thing. How yeah. much the his cop, how much Kurt Russell uh, ego egos, like complicated weirdness. Mm-hmm. Like I I was able to feel torn that no, he cared about her in as much as ego yeah, literally yeah. could, and so it didn't feel like he was just a complete, you know I mean? Like obviously he was a complete fucking asshole. Like that's his character and whatever. That's his, that's the thing. But like there was a depth there that needed to be there. And like, 
and obviously, I don't necessarily care one way or another about the the broken father. I mean, obviously, yeah. he, she comes home and he's clearly a broken man, like yeah. physically and. I mean, and the fact and, that the yeah. fact that it's been twenty five years or whatever it's been, and mm. he's never moved on with his life. Yeah, he's ne- like he's never remarried. He's yeah. never moved out of the house. Yeah. She says everything looks the same. Yeah, which again, like. I don't know how much that makes sense when you but again <laughs> that's like, that's the byproduct yeah. of jumping 25 years all the time in the, you know yeah, yeah. but but yeah so it's just one of those like that 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 whole relationship didn't make a lot of sense and yeah. it didn't but there was so much in this movie that was just oddly unfulfilling yeah. um and like I said I really I did like like even though the idea of them being like potentially romantically or whatever yeah. involved kind of was like oh okay that's a thing um, I actually really liked the scene between Mystique and Hank where she wants to leave and he talks yeah. her into staying because, like, we're doing good in the world. Yeah. And, like, they have the, like, you know, we're the last of the first class. Yeah. And it's, like, not just because this is the final movie that started with that film and so it's kind of a nice nod. Yeah. But, like, it informs the way that they interact. It It, it is, you know, this is a movie where most of the people here are like the new kids to them and they are people who have been together for 25 years and like so it does it it makes complete sense that like these two and Charles are kind of a family unit and everybody else like you can call them family but they are a family like that's kind of you know what I mean it's it's like there are generations of the family and so I liked the, the moment between like I liked that scene between them and it's like one of those things you don't really think about that like oh yeah they've they've gotten rid of every other character now and these two are the last two who are left yeah. and that informs Hank's character because after she dies he becomes profoundly mm-hmm. despondent yeah. and and basically it's like what do i have left because yeah. like if this is the family unit i just found out dad's been cheating on mom and my sister died yeah. you know yeah and so like that's uh, i i I actually really liked Hank's arc in this yeah. movie. I really liked Magneto in this movie yes. because, yeah. like, he has, like, grown and changed and evolved. Like, you, you can see more evolution in Fastbender's Magneto yeah. from Days of Future Past to now mm-hmm. than probably any other character yeah. anywhere in the franchise. You can see where he is in the future. Like, that's actually one of the few yeah. things where it's like, when you have all these characters, well, they get they they get along in the way yeah. that they get along, and you're like, oh, okay, I can see how he has grown into his powers, he's grown into everything, yeah. and... Um, and I, I really, like, I am... One of the disappointing things about this, and I, I understand why they wanted to do it, because it was building on the, the whole thing of him and Raven having this relationship. Yeah. But I loved the, the idea that when she was desperate and she felt like Charles had abandoned her, yeah. she would turn to Magneto and be like, you've been the worst mutant in the world, <laughs> and now you are like the president of Genosha. Which, yeah. by the way, Genosha also doesn't get named, but is in the movie. This like mutant island nation. Yeah. Um, but like now you're like the president of the the Genosha Indian Reservation essentially because it's not like in the in the comics it's like its own little thing. Here yeah. it's very clearly like container cars on top of yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's it's supposed to be like a trailer park and Indian Reservation. But so she goes to him and, and asks him advice in good faith. But one of the things is, like. He has a completely different journey than she did. Mm-hmm. 
like his stuff was all born out of vengeance yeah. and his whole life was lived about punishing people for bad things they'd done yeah and like after later in the movie they try to act like that's what this was all about for Jean that like she was she was repressing rage and that mm -hmm. but at, by that point in the movie we, that's not what it was about yet yeah I know and, and so like it was I actually really liked that dynamic in the sense that like she goes to him looking for help and he essentially tells her it's a different situation yeah like yeah we both hurt people with our yeah. powers but I was doing it on purpose. You're having, like... A... <laughs> like, I'm a fucking Holocaust victim. You have daddy issues. Yeah. Okay, there's a difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... Like, girl, I've seen shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and there's just a lot of, like... And, you know, the, the, the end of that, where the, the, like, the government comes looking for her because she's killed a bunch of people. Yeah. And he tries to protect her, but... He basically is, you know, again, it's if it, it's a Native American reservation for all intents and purposes. He's the chief, and he's saying, no, you do not have my permission to go searching yeah. our shit yeah. for a person that I've told you is not here. Yeah. Um, and then, like, while he's dealing with this, like, this potential crisis, which she knows he has the power to yeah. make it go away. Yeah. Like, she knows that he, like... Their guns, their helicopters yeah. are all at his mercy, yeah. and he has sovereign rights that they can't violate without his permission. Like, she has yeah. to intellectually know, and I get it. Yes, she's emotional and she's blah blah blah. Yeah. But like, she comes out and makes things worse, and yeah. he says, "You've just ruined my relationship with the U.S. government. Get the hell out of my country." Yeah. And then later on, it's treated like he's just another father figure who abandoned me. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's a guy you went begging for a favor, and then you burned his fucking house down. While like, you were covered in the blood of... <laughs> of his best fucking friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not really deserved. I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, and this is, this is one of the problems where it's just like, if, like, a lot of the character, the way that they wrote, um, uh... I guess she's Jean. She's Jean. I was like, is she Phoenix? Is I'm just going to say like, Jean for the yeah, sake yeah, of Jean's, like. Oh, rather the way that think, like, if she was like 16. Yeah. Like, she was like 15 or something like that. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I get that the one of the things, like, I, maybe I'm like, I don't know if I'm just giving it too much credit or like maybe I'm trying to understand what they're. Maybe I'm just like, I get that, like, you know, there's shit that's been literally walled off in her brain yeah. that is now starting to open up and come down. So those eight, you know, eight to puberty, you know, whatever kid level teenage yeah. emotions are bubbling out and she's processing them as you go. But like, A, they don't, they don't really they get a tell or show or something that I should not have to implot. I should have, not have to sit there and, and, and like infer, the, infer yeah. in an action comic book movie <laughs> like that isn't really that you know this isn't this isn't even Batman versus Superman. This is like uh, in the like trying to take itself very seriously sort of thing. Um, but like they're I'm okay but she's an adult. Yeah. And, like, they, they actually do a lot of things to really emphasize the fact that she's drinking. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. they could they could kind of 
not have those things, mm-hmm. like have her ha- clearly something that's her own dorm room yeah. and sh- he's not there, but like, no, but it's pretty clear that they're sleeping together. Yeah. Um, like, or at least it's heavily implied. I mean, there's no scene where they're physically yeah. sleeping together or anything like that. Um, so it's just like, no, she's definitely older, at least 21 yeah. age. Um, I mean, and again, like, first of all, they explicitly tell you how old she is because you can do the math. No, but, but I'm just saying, no, but I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, agreeing yeah. with you, but, <laughs> but also like, uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna spend a lot of this movie infantilizing her and like basically saying like problems that she had when she was eight are now coming to the top and, and like whatever, yeah. like there are ways to do that without infantilizing her. And the fact that they spend so much time kind of robbing her of her agency yeah. and making her seem like a, pub- a, a teenager. Yeah. It's like that is problematic yeah. for like it's problematic for a few reasons, yeah. but it's also it's you're fighting with your own script yeah. if your script is like okay, we want to make sure that everybody knows that like she doesn't have any control. She's not really Jean. It's a different but the first ev- the first evidence we're going to have yeah. that she's not herself is that she's going to seduce her own boyfriend. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, and, and the fact that, like, there's this weird argument where, like, so Xavier is really pushing her, like, she can do it, she can do it, she can do it, yeah. she needs to do it. Raven, who is the, basically the, kind of the only adult in the room, yeah. um, is, is saying, uh, hold on a minute, like, she's not really ready, mm. but every other moment in the the script in the film is like mm-hmm. basically saying no she's an adult like she should yeah. like why isn't she ready when all the other I mean um fucking hell what's the the, the, the blue guy that bo- beast oh nightcrawler beast. nightcrawler fucking hell like that um I said, what's the blue guy oh yeah there's four of them now or three of them yeah <laughs> they're all the all the same color too but um well and in the comics they've done this thing where they've played are these all are these people yeah. all related before? So oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I just I just remember Nightcrawler not being that blue, um, but they that's not in the movies in any way, shape, or form. But there has been a back and forth over the years. Of oh no no no, I know. I just it's just one of those yeah. like it's the first film that I remember that I re- distinctly remember making the connection of those three characters yeah, basically yeah. being the same shade. Yeah. Um, of like make you know just actual makeup yeah. on the film, but um, like he's fully. He's 100% like trained. I mean, like, he should probably know maybe how to fight a little bit, just fight, fight better. Yeah. But he's a skinny dude. You know, he's like, his power is that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I mean, like, Storm is creative and has, like, yeah, a full yeah. depth to her, their powers. And then, so the only one that's completely in, infantilized is Jean. Yeah. And, and so. And also, it's only through dialogue that yeah. she's constantly infantilized yeah. because, like, every time you see her try to do something, she does it. Yeah. Like, you know, they put her in the fucking spaceship and they're like, hey, use your brain to hold an entire spaceship yeah, together. Yeah. And they're, and she's like, sure, why not? And so, but it's just, it's just to me, it's like one of those, like, to me, it's like, would have been great if I had one scene when, like, okay, so you're training, like, him working with her to train, yeah. like, to have any level of closeness because I don't feel any level of closeness between the two people in the fucking film that have the same exact power. Yeah. And, like, he's not doing... So, I, I mean, I guess it feeds into the, like, he's being somewhat irresponsible in the thing, but, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't... It just comes off as... She's just a... You know... I don't know. It's, yeah. it's frustrating because it's, it's like... 
that that was again to forced error. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. there's a scene that could have been there. There's a, a line of dialogue that could have been whatever. Yeah. Like, come on, we've trained for this. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just him going. <laughs> or alternately, here, I'll help you. Like, alternately, you could spend. 30 seconds Mm -hmm. acknowledging the fact that sometime between age 8 and now she's had trouble with her powers yeah like we in in which I guess is in other films the problem is is even I mean this I mean again this is like the difference between the Marvel Cinematic Universe Mm -hmm. and like almost all the other ones is that they whether there's a flashback or whether there's a implied line they usually do that well because they realize that people casual people who don't know every fucking movie that's ever yeah. been made are going to watch Even if this. it's Iron Man 2 yeah. and they assume everybody on the planet saw Iron Man 1, they're going to spend a tent, they're going to, there's an opening, there's a thing. Yeah. And I get that we, you know, always make the argument that we don't need to have Bruce Wayne's parents killed again. Um, but you kind of do sometimes. Like, I think feel like Batman mm-hmm. and Superman or, or Batman at least is the yeah. one that you're like, you can walk in implied. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but even then, like I, I liked how Snyder did it. Oh, yeah, no, no, like, yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah, give Snyder, it. I think, we're gonna give it twenty seconds over the credits, and yeah. it's done. You yeah. know, there are ways to do stuff like that. Yeah. And and yeah, this. I mean, and again, I think a lot of this speaks to just kind of lazy, sloppy, thoughtless filmmaking in the sense that it's like there are things in this movie that only make sense if you've watched every other movie in the franchise and then there are other things in this movie <laughs> that specifically do not make yeah, sense if you paid attention you to the franchise because the they're con- yeah, yeah. it's contradicting itself yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's it's, uh, it's ex- and like I said it's really frustrating because there are big pieces of it that I really like yeah. there are some really great action sequences there's some really good character work There's, I mean the acting is uniformly great yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about the way Sophie Turner plays Jean Grey but Sophie Turner's a good actor. This is just a weird choice she's been making for ten years now, playing this character. I, mean, I think like, it's. I, I think that's been hoist upon her. It's to very play a lot of. I mean, I don't know what specific. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of things I would be like that. But I mean, I also you know there's no. I I only have the comics that I read in the 90s yeah, of yeah. my entire well, idea for, of it. I'm, and I'm like, even, I don't remember what, you For know, me, it's but, not yeah. even the personality oh, yeah, thing. It's just the yeah. way she underacts a lot oh, of the okay, time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, it, it. I find her to not be engaging because she's underacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like, I've seen her in other things where she doesn't underact and she is an engaging performer. Yeah. And so clearly at some point somebody told her this is how we want Jean to be. Yeah. Or she made the decision this is how she wants Jean to be. So it's like, I don't like it, but like if you liked her performance as Jean in previous movies, she's just building on that because yeah. it's the same. It, I've had the same complaint in this movie that I've had about her performance in every movie as Jean. Yeah. Um, her performance as Jean kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's performance as Black Widow. Yeah. Where it's just like this is a good actor who I know can do better, and for whatever reason, this particular character, she consistently makes the same choice that I don't like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, that's a yeah. like. I think I think I mean, Turner certainly. Seemed, I would say with Turner, it seems to be a choice. With uh, Johansson, it, it's always felt like she's phoning it in. That's fair. Like, that's, fair. I mean, that's my personal opinion on that. Um, like again, it could be wrong. Like it would be, for me, it would be a weird because it doesn't seem like she's phoning it. It just feels like she's under. Like she's not. And I mean, one of the problems is is that McAvoy. Like you have, like half the half the cast at any given point is British stage actors. Yeah. And so then you're a TV oh. actress, I guess. I mean big I'm mm. being fucking thrown, so it's like T V actress is kind of yeah, not yeah. I don't mean it in the insulting way, I just like But it's a different a, there's a, it's performance, a different like, yeah. performance style. Yeah, yeah. And right. and also training and everything like yeah. that that you've spent your entire I mean the fact that she spent fucking 
half of her life playing this one character. Yeah. Um, uh, every probably you know three months out of the year mm-hmm. for the last, you know like so it uh, would be kind of fucked up. But but yeah no I mean I I don't know. In summary. Yeah. In summary. I mean it's not the worst X Men movie, but it's definitely not the best. Um, I I I would I would say unless you're a real like fan of this property yeah. it's probably not worth seeing in theaters like there are a couple of scenes that are really good and some performances that are really good but there's nothing that I think isn't going to work on your TV um, I, it's... even like even the train scene it's like it's really well done but it's basically the hallway scene from Captain America Civil War so it's like no it's it's so self-contained you could do it on a smaller screen and it would still be cool I, see I mean I the I don't know I, I would say if you have any any passion whatsoever level of for the X-Men universe, I would say go see this in theaters mm-hmm. because there's that I honestly that scene and also it's, it's a large enough scene. It's not like it's not like the elevator scene in Captain America where he's just like, oh, that's a really cool fucking scene. Right. Um, but it's like it's a minute and a half right. sort of thing. Yeah. Like that is an extensive part of the film, and I think it almost continues almost all the way to the end. So I mean, like. I just wish more of that film, more of the film was that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, every scene can't be, you know, the, yeah. the, even Logan, as fantastic as it is, like, I've been trying, we watched it a couple times, or tried to, and it's just like, there's certain, like, gaps in the film that it's just yeah. like, oh. I get that in the narrative it has to, there's, uh, everyone's sad. Yeah. Um, but, I, mm. I, again, I love that film. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm just giving it shit. <laughs> um, but, um, it, uh, um, I I would say lean towards it. I would. I mean, again, this is problematic because I I haven't seen most of the films in several years. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I mean, feel like the Marvel, like Marvel and DC, <laughs> like all the like, holy shit, how many fucking films have come out since? Yeah. Other than Apocalypse, you know, and yeah. whatever, and so, so it's like it's hard to like really grasp. Other than the Wolverine films, like the specific Wolverine character yeah. films, which I just inherently enjoy more, I would actually put this as the one that I enjoy up there towards the most. Yeah. <laughs> In the most general sense, I could possibly say that because I'm trying to think of like which film is which, and I I, I don't remember I mean. which film I, I will is say, like yeah. what's the one where Patrick Stewart moves the entire um Empire, or Gold or Golden Gate Bridge? Like uh-huh. which one is that? Like because that one I don't enjoy. That was but, the, that was that was know. the previous Dark Phoenix movie. That was oh, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. the last stand. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't disagree about the 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 original trilogy of X-Men movies all feel kind of samey in hindsight. Yeah. And then, um, I, but I, I really liked first class and I really liked days of future past. Um, and at the time I remember really liking the first two X-Men movies. I mean, yeah. again, like in hindsight, they're kind of the same. See, I didn't, but like, I just didn't like <clears throat> the first class stuff. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the, the new, the kids. I'm not a huge fan of the kid, like the younger characters. Yeah. Um. So, that's kind of a thing. Yeah, but, and I mean that's I, that's fair. But, like, and, and it's just like, and again, it, it's it's not no no fault in shape and form of them, and yeah, and even like even the film individual films upon themselves. It's the fact that they were never able to build that arc. They never bothered to or cared to or wanted to or whatever to build the arc that you cared about. You know, I mean, like, I feel like as much as 
I care about Miss, you know, Jennifer. I like Jennifer Lawrence. I, mm-hmm. she's one of my the actresses that's like my, you know, it's like, oh, she's in that. I more than I will at least see that on video. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I still remember Rebecca Romaine more than I remember her. Yeah, you know, just because, and just because, like, obviously introduction, you know, is yeah. the first person. But it is, it's just, you know, it's. I uh, anyway, uh, not yeah. to get into it again. I I would I would lean more towards. If you care even in the slightest, um, I would say go see it um, in theaters. Um, definitely, I, mean, I, I think it's a definite see. On, <clears throat> uh, I actually bothered. To, I would actually rent it. Like I think it's <laughs> worth the five ninety nine, um, you know, or whatever ridiculous yeah. rental prices there are. But um, <laughs> I mean, for me, like it's it's like a three star out of five movie. Like so, for me, it's like I don't know if I. <laughs> for me, if, if if I didn't do the job that I do and I didn't have to watch things yeah. and. I don't know that I would ever want to go see a three-star movie and pay movie theater prices and all yeah. that kind of... But, like, it's not... You're not going to hate it more like more likely than not. Like, even... We've spent an hour and a half talking mostly about things that we didn't like. Yeah. And on balance, I got out of there thinking, like, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think a lot of it is nitpicking and we're talking about the universe yeah. more than we're talking about this particular film and we're talking about the problems of the universe versus yeah. this film. And so, again, this is, you know... Uh, as think, most of our things, it's vaguely unfair um, to the film. I, but. I do think one thing that I, we, we haven't talked about, and I talk about very, very briefly yeah. before we wrap up, is I think that the X-Men movies mm-hmm. have failed to keep up with the times. Yeah. And so, you know, when the X-Men movies first came out, there wasn't really a lot of superhero content in the market. And... They were kind of ashamed to be a comic book movie. Yeah. Like, they literally made a joke about, like, wearing tights and yeah. in the movie and blah, 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 blah. And so, like... But at the time, like, we were coming off of Blade and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man hadn't happened yet. And it was like, no, this is how comic book movies are, are succeeding. Yeah. Like, we were still in a hangover from Batman and Robin and, yeah. like, colors and things. Nipples. And, and so... The way they introduced this franchise was very much of its time. Yeah. And I feel like the movie... It it never embraced the new thing of... Okay, people get it now. Yeah. Like, people understand the tropes of superheroes in a way that they didn't 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, I think that that's why, to me, Days of Future Past felt like the high watermark of this franchise. Not just because, like, holy crap, seeing all the... Both generations together on screen and the fact that I actually liked the story and blah, 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 blah. But, like, the fact that it felt the most like it wasn't ashamed to be a comic book movie mm-hmm. and the most, like, it like like part a big part of the problem with Apocalypse on top of just, like, having a dull script and bad makeup was the fact that they tried to do something absurd in a serious way. Yeah. And, like, it had a tonal disconnect that yeah, it couldn't overcome. Um, whereas you look at, like, Batman v Superman and yeah. it's like, they, they took themselves very seriously, but they were trying to do something serious. Yeah. And so it works. And and so, like... But to me, like, I feel like the X-Men franchise as a whole has failed to keep up with the the audience's understanding of comic book adaptations and superhero movies. Yeah. yeah. And that's why the newer ones don't feel like they work. Yeah. Because we know now that there's, like, there's some real genuine enjoyment to be had in... Like doing 
comic book adaptations that feel a little bit more like comic books, especially if you're trying to do a continuing universe. Yeah. And this movie feels like it's still trying to, like, kind of sort of be a continuing universe, but also standalone on its own. And so, like I said, it creates, like, weird little continuity hiccups. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, and, and like, it, it, it feels like there might have been a good movie here somewhere if, like... If the Disney acquisition hadn't happened and this was setting up something else, yeah. I think that it probably would have been better. Because yeah, I think that we could have followed up on the idea of Charles being kind of a shit. We could have followed up on the idea of yeah. the changes at, at the Xavier Institute at the end of the movie. Yeah. We could have followed up on the fact that we've now broken this world and set it back to the pre-X-Men status yeah. quo. Yeah. And like all of those things instead are just things that happened and they don't have any meaning yeah and like like I said it felt like a little bit of this movie was them trying to give conclusion to eight movies yeah but they didn't do it like like Endgame yeah. like they didn't commit to making it an, an ending yeah. it felt like it was like half an ending and half yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. tee up something that yeah, you know I, is I feel never like, coming I feel like if you didn't know what we, you know, what you know, people actually live in this. You're yeah. like, oh, so when is the next one? You think there's going to mm-hmm. be another one if this does well? And like yeah. the fact that almost certainly there isn't. Yeah. Again, anything. I mean, who the fuck knows if Hugh Jackman's ever going to fucking come back? I mean, Marvel has said. Marvel <laughs> I mean, has said yeah. that the answer is no. That mm-hmm. they that this is the end of the thing and blah blah blah. Yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. Blah. Like, and the movie is expected to make like fifty million dollars this weekend domestically. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. it's basically a, it's dead. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it, I mean, it's one of those. I, I, I think that if, if it wasn't the end, and they were actually teeing something up that they could follow up on, it might have been something that was better. Yeah. But this, this like half-assed. It's kind of the end. It's kind of not. Uh, yeah. And we're gonna do. It, it just, to me, a lot of the stuff that felt like it was supposed to be teeing up a sequel, since there is no sequel, and since they tried to rush an ending into yeah. it, now just feels mean. Yeah. And that left me with a bad taste in my mouth especially for the close of a of 20 years of a franchise that i mostly enjoyed yeah so i i i, I would agree i i mean i again i think that there's this film i think more than all any of the other ones that i can remember has some of the best it has of the x-men world it has the best like action scenes mm-hmm. people using their powers like to the top of their ability and mm-hmm. things like that it has a as at least that the one long train scene. Yeah. But also, like, there's like one or two other scenes. Well, I mean, the scene solid. where they're saving the the astronauts at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I liked the way yeah. that they used both Quicksilver and uh, Nightcrawler yeah. in that. I liked the way they used Jean in that. Yeah. So I, mean, I actually like, really liked. We yeah. didn't talk about this because it's such an inconsequential thing. But I like the idea that like okay, so it's been ten years since the last movie and we're national heroes now. Yeah. So like, not only do we have our own little jet. But also, they have like a specialized gun turret where Cyclops can use his optic blasts as yeah, like a weapon. It's like a periscope, but and, like a gun. Yeah, and I'm like, I really like that idea. Yeah. Like, there's something really clever there. Like, yeah. there's bits and pieces here yeah. of things that I'm like, that was really good. Yeah. But like I said, it's it's like everything that wasn't good was just awful. Yeah, yeah. And and on the whole, it just left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Well, let's end it with your taste in the mouth because I don't want to say <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, be back here by noon on the fifth day for more from Emerald City Video. And always remember to rewind your X-Men The Last Stand cassettes, which I, is a joke I made last time, but I'm going to double down. Womp, womp. A-C-E-N.